You are listening to From Sobriety to Recovery with Jesse Mogul, episode I Have No Idea. Let's get to the show. Welcome back to From Sobriety to Recovery. I am your host, Jesse Mogul, and I am in addiction recovery. I love how I decided to start that off because I really am a loss at what number of episodes we're at. Maybe 110, maybe 111. You probably don't even care. You're just enjoying the content. And we have some great stuff I want to talk about today. And so let's dive right in because I just finished up doing College Success Habits. And over there, I talked about being decisive and making a decision and sticking with it all the way through to its conclusion, or perhaps it's just a part of your journey. And I couldn't help, as I was doing that show, being thinking about From Sobriety to Recovery, this show. Um, I love doing college success habits, but ultimately, From Sobriety to Recovery is my little baby. It's my favorite. Um, The college success habits probably knows that, and it probably is building animosity towards me for even saying that on the microphone. But I just love the conversations we have the interaction that I get from everybody who hits me up and lets me know what's going on in their lives and in their recovery. I'm really loving the responses I'm getting from the direct messages that we're having, the carbonations, the conversations that I'm sparking around what's going on in your addiction recovery program, around the challenges and the successes that you're having, and ultimately being able to help some people see how the online course and the masterclass that I'm teaching now can really um, bring them to a higher state of empowerment, higher state of consciousness. And so if you've been listening to my show for a while and you'd like to be a part of that tribe, or at least the very least have an empowerment call with me, then hit me up in the DMs over on Instagram. I'm always there. I've been more involved in Facebook now because they somehow managed to tie in their messenger to Instagram so I can actually I've talked to both Instagram and Facebook all on my laptop much more efficiently. So if you have not been reached out to from me and you haven't heard from me yet, or maybe you've never even written, please reach out and let me know. 30 minute, it's uh, no obligation. You know, sometimes it goes 45 because we really were building rapport and we really enjoy the conversations we had. Had an amazing conversation with somebody in South Africa the other day. Got one lined up coming in Australia soon. Talked to somebody from Bulgaria not too long ago. Super awesome. Just the ability to be able to talk to so many people experiencing sobriety and addiction recovery in different countries. As well as, of course, right now I've got people in my tribe from all four time zones and in Canada no less. So I technically could say I have an international mastermind, which is super cool. So let's talk about being decisive around our addiction recovery. Because I do see that people are having a tough go of things here and there. You know, it's not too hard to locate. I mean, my entire sobriety account on Instagram is just people going through addiction recovery. And I absolutely love that. And I hear and read and feel the depths of of despair in some of these messages and some of these posts about how life has this ebb and flow. And, you know, it's like, oh, you know, I'm just having a bad week. I'm having a bad month. I'm getting down. And I understand that emotions are, they, we're emotional beings and we are controlled so much by our emotions. It's one of the reasons why my program's called Wise Mind Empowerment because it's this melding, this connection of your emotional mind and your thinking mind together that create this wise mind. And so it's absolutely amazing that you can grow your emotional intelligence 
to a point where it can actually build around your thinking mind, where you can think your way out of things. And then other times you can feel your way out of things, but you do so with this wise mind outlook on things where you're like, okay, let's take a little emotion and let's take a little of the mind, the thinking mind, and let's bring them together so that we don't make decisions when we're feeling irrational or we're feeling emotionally triggered versus obviously wanting to be emotionally grounded. And one of the reasons why I love talking about being decisive in this way is you knew well before you got sober that you wanted or even needed to make this decision in your life because things were out of control and you just got tired of managing. And then we get sober, some time goes by, and we start to think, you know what, this isn't so bad. All right? Maybe, maybe I was just in a bad place in my life and maybe now I'm in a different place. And so maybe now I can bring alcohol or drugs back in and everything will be hunky-dory. But why would you put yourself through all of that? What is this intense desire to unplug from our own reality? Why is it that we allow society to tell us that the only way we can have fun is by getting intoxicated? We know if we've really stepped into our addiction recovery, that sobriety and being sober at events is way more, way more. I mean, through the roof, it is more of an experience than it ever was going to weddings or football games or sporting events or birthdays or bar mitzvahs and and just standing at the bar the whole time. I cannot tell you how many weddings I cannot even barely remember where I missed the coolest dances or something really amazing happened. But nope, I was standing out at the bar, not even paying attention, and I missed the entire event. So when you're decisive and you decide, okay, I'm going to make this decision, I'm going to step into sobriety, and I'm going to work my ass off. If you find yourself white-knuckling it, counting the days, you're still at the ebb and flows of your emotions, then there's work to be done to get yourself into addiction recovery. It's why we call the show From Sobriety to Recovery. You don't just show up in addiction recovery. You work your way into addiction recovery. And so what has me thinking about all of this for today's show was I was sitting here going through podcast topics on my notes app. And I mean, just between my notes app and Trello, it's just... I mean, it's a plethora. Um, I won't even go through them all because literally I've got 400 episodes figured out. But I never know what to talk about. So I'm I'm not going to say never. I rarely have something set weeks in advance. I generally take my energy from the previous week, figure out something that I overcame, something I worked through, and then I bring that to the table. It's one of the reasons why I literally shoot these shows, both College Success Habits and from Sobriety Recovery, weekly. I have banked shows in the past. It has definitely worked in the past, but it's not my preferred way of doing it. Maybe one or two, but not necessarily months. My interview series part, of course, I will record all of those in chunks and then I'll put them out. So when I started to look out over the energy I had this week, I've watched some people who made very important decisions in their life, in their lives, ultimately decide that they didn't want to continue on with the endeavor they took on, whether it's choosing to go to the military or choosing to go to a certain college or choosing to take on a new job. It's like a few weeks in and all of a sudden they want to back out. It's not their cup of tea anymore. And with all of them, I just keep asking them the question. They'll say something like, you know, I don't enjoy this job anymore. Well, how is that a problem? 
well, you know, I thought it was going to be more beneficial to my overall career. Now, is that a problem? Well, I really wanted to learn some new uh, tricks and trades and hacks and new skills at this job so I could ultimately go off and create my own company around this area of expertise. How is that a problem? And I just keep escalating them up with the question, how is that a problem? How have you asked yourself that? You want to go back to drinking. I don't like being sober anymore. How is that a problem? Well, I don't feel like I can have my friends. I don't feel like I can be myself. I don't feel like I can go anywhere and have fun. I don't feel like I can go to sports bars. I don't feel like I can go to live concerts anymore because everybody else there is drinking. How is that a problem? Well, everybody else is drinking and I'm not, so I don't feel like I'm on the same wavelength with them. How is that a problem? Well, I'm not connecting with people the way that I used to, and so I want to be able to connect with people. How is that a problem, right? We start to escalate it high up enough that we start to understand the values that we're finding that aren't being met. If there's ever an issue you're having with an endeavor you've taken on, a decision you've made, a person in your life, a career change, whatever it might be, when you start to move up the ladder, you start to chunk it up is what we call it in NLP. You start to take this bird's eye view. At the very top is your values. And when you, when you find a values misalignment, that is going to be why you're no longer gelling with something that you used to. If you go up on your values enough, you might find that it's not alcohol or drugs that you want to actually go back to. It's that you got sober and then all of a sudden you had all of this quote unquote opportunity in front of you. You were riding this pink cloud, you know, cruising around on the blue elephant, whatever it might be. And everyone says, man, sobriety is amazing. Addiction recovery is amazing. World of opportunity. You get to experience life in the present moment, fully aware and, and, and taking it all in. And then you get sober and all of a sudden it's like, well, this isn't my beautiful life. This isn't my beautiful house. This isn't what I was promised. This isn't what I want. Then you have to create what you want. What you want isn't to actually go back and use again. But when you start to go up the value ladder, you might realize that you value independence or freedom or adventure or stepping outside of your comfort zone, um, taking on new endeavors. And if you're not taking on new endeavors, if you're not being adventurous, if you're not stepping outside of your comfort zone, right, you're being uncomfortably comfortable, then that's where you're having the values misalignment, not with wanting to go back to drinking and using drugs, You already know that there's nothing left in that world for you. Why would you want to go back there? What you really are seeking is your values to get aligned with what you're doing now versus where you want to be in the future. I absolutely agree with the one day at a time mentality, but at the same time, there has to be some future pacing. There has to be planning because you want to have an idea of where it is in general that you want your journey to be taking you. It won't necessarily look exactly the way you thought it was going to look once you get into the journey. But if you just get in your car and just start to drive aimlessly east, you might end up in Nebraska when where you really wanted to go is Louisiana. And I'm saying east because I'm on the west coast. You might be like, Jesse, those states are west of me. That's fine. You might even be in another country and be like, I don't even know where the hell Nebraska is. Pick somewhere in the east or west of where you live. And just imagine if you got in your car and you were like, I'm just going to start to drive. Where's a destination you could end up versus where's a destination you would rather end up? And there was a quote from a TV show called Yellowstone. And I've I've talked about it before because there's some really good writing there. And there's some great quotes that caused me to 
really expand my mind. And one of the ones I pulled out, and I'm not sure if I paraphrased it or if it's word for word. So if it's word for word, credit already has been given to Yellowstone. If it's paraphrased, then it's a little bit of me and a little bit of them. And the quote goes, I am not looking forward to this moment, to this action, but I am looking forward to the aftermath. What I will receive or become after I do this or this is done to me. And one of the things that really sparked me when I heard that, and again, is it verbatim or is it paraphrasing? I'm not really sure. It doesn't matter. Let's move past that. I am not looking forward to this moment or to this action, but I am looking forward to the aftermath. That's how most of us stepped into sobriety. Not really looking forward to the moment we walked away from alcohol and drugs, even though we know it wasn't benefiting us, even though we know it was killing us, even though it was not allowing us to feel empowered or creating our best self. We weren't necessarily looking forward to it, but we were looking forward to the aftermath of what we would receive and who would we become after we did this. The back part of that is, or this is done to me, right? Like you, some of us, we went into addiction recovery because the law told us we had to. This was being done to me, right? We, we've talked about and we've learned within neuro-linguistic program that things aren't done to us that we are in the seat of personal responsibility and that we always have a choice. Law could tell you to do it or not. It doesn't mean that you will. You might be like, you know what, law, I'm not really too worried about what you're going to do. And you might go off and use, and again, you might end up in jail or prison. And you know what, you made that choice. Clearly, you weren't afraid enough of prison to stay out of prison. I was always, af- I was always afraid of jail and prison just enough to not cross over that line that I thought would take me there. And I definitely dealt copious amounts of drugs. So I have no doubt that the law would say, dude, you were doing plenty to end up in prison. But as far as I was concerned, I was keeping myself on the other side of that. Probably not really all the time, but at least I don't have stories of prison. Plenty of stories of jail, but not of general population. I was mindful, but I wasn't mindful enough not to get arrested 15 times. So when I stepped into sobriety and recovery, at the time I was so out of control My body was going through one of the worst detoxes ever. I wasn't necessarily looking forward to the detox I was putting myself through, but I knew I couldn't really drink alcohol for the next 10 days anyways. So I was like, you know what? Let's just commit to being sober. Let's walk in here. Let's start to meet with therapists. Let's start to go to meetings and let's see what else is out there. Let's talk to some other people who've done this. I wasn't necessarily through the moon like, I can't wait to do this. Like it's going to be better than a roller coaster. That wasn't how I felt. But I really did feel like this was the best decision for me at the time and that I was ready to see this through to fruition, whatever that ultimately ended up being. I kept alcohol and drugs. You've heard me talk about this before. I kept some weed in my room. I kept vodka, kept whiskey, I kept beer, I kept wine all in my room for my, my first three or four weeks. Maybe it was longer. Maybe it was six. It was a while. I ultimately ended up giving all that to my roommate. Um, See, I, I, there are certain parts of the story I've even started to delete because I've moved so far beyond that moment. So I tell you all this because I made the decision and I, and I, and I even allowed myself to have alcohol and drugs around me just to, just to make sure I was serious. And once I got through the initial phases of the detox, I was like, you know what? I think this is what I want to be doing. I think this is absolutely where my life needs to be going. I had been thinking about it for about a year, and I was like, you know what? Absolutely. I do not want to go back. I do not want to be managing. I don't want to be in pain. I'm going to be decisive about this 
So one of the reasons why when I started to uncover the principles that ran my addiction recovery, that decisive was in there. I was courageous. I stepped into sobriety and I was decisive that even if it got difficult, I would figure out a way to handle life without getting intoxicated because getting intoxicated won't solve anything. It won't make any of this better. In fact, it'll, it'll just postpone me actually doing what I need to be doing in order to get this problem in my life, this solution opportunity dealt with. Oh my goodness, uh, you know, my job uh, let me go because uh, furloughed me because of COVID. And you know what? I don't know what I'm going to do. And I don't know what's, what life's going to look like in three, six, nine, or 12 months. So let's just go drink a bunch of vodka. That would not have helped the situation. I would have come out of that bender trying to figure out still what I wanted to do, but now I would have had to deal with the massive hangover and the disappointment I'd have in myself for going back to a life I clearly was over with. So when we go back to this Yellowstone quote that I brought up, I am not looking forward to this moment or to this action, but I am looking forward to the aftermath, what I will receive or become after I do this. That is what we, that is what we seek That is where we want to end up. That is the aftermath. That is the beautiful part of the journey. I've got got some people in my tribe who are dealing with some difficult conversations in their family or they're going to school. May not be thrilled about going to school right now, but the aftermath of having this degree, of having new skills, new responsibilities, new habits instilled in them so that they can then go off and they can be amazing in this career shift that they're going through, that's that's what they're looking forward to. They're looking forward to having that piece of paper that proves that they're, they have the skills to take on these new jobs, to move their life forward so that they be, can become their wise-minded, empowered self. Most people aren't thrilled about sitting inside of a classroom for two more years, but they are thrilled about the opportunities that the aftermath of that will bring them. And this is like anything else in life. I'm not always thrilled about going up into the loft and turning on my Beachbody Max 30 Insanity program with Sean T. But he starts us off doing some jumping jacks, and three minutes in, we're warmed up, and before you know it, we're hit the 10-minute mark, then it's the 20-minute mark. Now we're at the 25-minute mark. Boom, it's done. Maybe there's some abs, maybe there isn't, but he's coaching me along all the way. I am not necessarily looking forward to the workout every day, but I am looking forward to the aftermath watching my body fat start to shrink, my muscles begin to pop, me to begin to feel more healthy. I often look at my phone when I first wake up and I think, man, 11,500 steps is a lot. I'll look at that when I first wake up. We've talked about this. Have a gratitude list or something so you wake up on the right side of the bed, correct? Not the wrong, thinking about what you, oh my God, I have to do all this today. Like I step into it thinking there's a lot of steps ahead. But I consistently hit 11.5, even if it's just by an extra couple hundred. And some days, like yesterday, I crushed it, did like 15, 16,000. So now when I look at the phone in the morning, I'm, I, I say to myself, I look forward to seeing how I figured out 11,500 steps today. Right? It's a shift in language. Like, oh, I've got to do 11,500 steps versus I look forward to seeing how I figured out my 11,500 steps today. I'm not necessarily looking forward in the morning to the 11,500 steps, but I am looking forward to the aftermath of what I will receive. I receive feeling healthier. I receive burning off the calories so that I can begin to trim myself down. I also get to become the kind of person who's decisive, 
makes a decision to hit 11,500 every single day, takes the action to make it happen, and embraces the discipline that is necessary to see this occur. Since I started monitoring these steps, I'm up to, let me see, I can pull it up and rough ass, 57 straight days of hitting my goal. For the first month or so, it was 10,000. And once that became easy enough, I went up to 11,500. I've hit my goal for 57 straight days. My goal is to hit, my goal for this goal is to hit my 11,500. And it might go up. It might go up in a couple months. I don't know. But either way, whatever this app and I have decided my goal is, I plan on hitting it every single day for the rest of the year. And I'm decisive. I'm making this decision and I'm planting my flag that even if I can't work out every single day, even if I can't you know, always carve out plenty of time to go up into the loft and do things of that nature, I'm on this phone. I'm listening to an audiobook. I'm texting people. I'm uh, talking to people on the phone. I'm on Zoom. I can do these things on my phone and I can be walking around in circles in my apartment complex. I can commit to that. You can commit to something. And then you begin to discover ways that your mind creates for you to see that goal to fruition. You don't have to be looking forward to the action, but looking forward to what you receive or become, that's your reward. I, I, I talk mindset all the time. And so by no means am I just releasing the kind of mindset that you want to step into in order to see your endeavors and your goals to fruition. You don't have to step into them every day being like, oh, I'm so not looking forward to this. Oh, why do I have to do this? This is going to be miserable. That's not what at all what I am saying. But I'm also not demanding that you always walk into things with 110% enthusiasm. We're humans. We're emotional creatures. We're going to have ebbs and flows. We're not going to always feel 100%. But if you can be decisive and you make a decision for your life, take that action and then be disciplined every single day to take one small next step forward, one day you're going to wake up and you're going to be 187 steps from where you were, and that's going to make all the difference. Hell, tomorrow, one step may not seem all that much. Stack up 17 steps, and you've made it pretty far from where you were. <laughs> I was getting ready to try to do some sort of analogy where I was like, you would have walked from your couch to your kitchen, but I don't know how many steps that honestly takes for you. I'm in a pretty small apartment. 17 steps would absolutely get me from the bedroom to the refrigerator. Just saying. But look at it from a broader perspective. If you increase yourself 1% every single day, by the end of the year, you've increased yourself by like 187%. I never quite understood that when Tom Rigsby, my, my peer and my brother's father-in-law, told me that. He's like, if you increase 1% every single day, then you've by six months, you've increased it by blank. And I'm like, you know, the percentage is arbitrary. What isn't arbitrary is the fact that that's true. That if every single day you took one small next step towards your goal, you'd be 365 steps closer at the end of the year. And if the goal is to be sober, then yes, sometimes it's every five minutes, sometimes it's every five hours, sometimes it's beyond time. And you don't even, time is irrelevant to you. 
Now you're in addiction recovery, and now you're seeking to grow yourself, and you're looking to understand your mind and why you made the decisions you did, and you're seeking to take on new endeavors. Perhaps you're going back to school, or you see that you're currently doing electrician work for a construction company, but you think, you know what? There's something else down there for me. There's Maybe I could become an underwater welder. I don't know. Brain surgeon. It's whatever you want it to be, but when you decide, the only way that you make that occur in your life is by taking action and being disciplined. I am not looking forward to this moment, to this action, but I am looking forward to the aftermath, what I will receive or become. When I think about taking on new goals and new plans for my life, I can often, I mean, I do, it's one of my core geniuses. I can future pace creating an online program or writing a book. And I mean, I can visualize all 187 steps it's going to take to see that goal to fruition. If all I do is stay at that bird's eye view and I'm constantly looking down at this mound of, of steps, that can become overwhelming. So you come back down to the ground floor and you say, okay, well, this one step's in front of me. I can't even see step 117 because it's behind the other 116 steps. So when you start to get yourself freaked out about a decision, a goal that you want to accomplish, and you think, man, I am really not looking forward to all these steps. You don't need to look forward to all the steps. You just need to be disciplined enough and energized enough to get yourself to take the next step. It's the next step that gets you all the way to the last step. It's like the 12-step program, right? It's difficult to get sober and then to put yourself through all of that healing work in order to make it through the 12 steps. It's a lot of effort. It's a lot of discipline. This is why you have sponsors that help you do this. But if you sat there freaking out about step nine when you hadn't even made it through step four yet, you're putting the cart before the horse. Again, you don't necessarily have to be looking forward to the action, but you can be looking forward to the aftermath of who you will become and what you'll receive. And that will fire you up. That will get you through those tough moments. Do you want to be the person who folded under the pressure or do you want to be the person who was resilient and figured out a way? This is why sobriety is something where when you hear people have relapsed, it's almost like, well, yeah, of course you did, because that's what most people do. But you don't have to be most people. And I by no means am passing any, any kind of judgment upon those or you if you have relapsed. We all have our own journey. We all have our own way in life. So by no means is this a passing of judgment. But you get to a moment in your life where it is time to imbibe or not imbibe the alcohol. It is time to use or not to use. Everything that happened that led you to the moment where that shot's in your hand or that joint's in your fingers, that straw's in your hand, and there's the drugs and alcohol in front of you, everything that led up to that was a decision moment for you. It's where you could have been decisive and said, no, whatever is happening right now doesn't feel great. But going back to that would make it feel even worse. Life is complicated. And we are emotional creatures who ebb and flow with the moon, with the tides, with the earth, with nature. Understand that there will be difficulties and there will be challenges. And each time you step over and you hurdle over one of these difficulties and challenges, you overcome that moment where you may have felt despair or sadness or depression. And you walked through it and you said, you know what? I, this is tough and this is painful or this does hurt me right now. 
But going backwards to alcohol and drugs is only going to make it that much more of a tragedy. I do not need to step into that world. Stay on my course. You may not be looking forward to being sober for the next minute or the next 10 or the next hour or the next day, week, month, or year. That is what it is. You are you. I will not even begin to tell you how to feel. So you may not necessarily be looking forward to being sober for X amount of time. But I can assure you that you're looking forward to becoming that person who overcomes these challenges, who overcomes these hurdles. You may not be looking forward to the moment, but you're absolutely, absolutely looking forward to the aftermath. Be decisive. Stand strong. Reach out to your support system. Hit me up on the DMs and let me know what's going on in your life. What was a key takeaway from you in this podcast? What was something that perhaps triggered you? Or perhaps it was something that sparked you? What was something that connected you to my material? What was something that disconnected you from my material? I want to hear from you. I want to know what's going on in your life. I want to know the challenges that you're overcoming. I want to know about the successes that you have. I want to know about the challenges you think that are holding you back. I want to know about the successes that you're looking forward to, or perhaps even the successes you don't even know how to attain. The opposite of addiction is connection. Find someone to connect with. Be decisive. You made this decision. Stand strong in it. You don't have to be looking forward to the moment where you take the action of stepping into sobriety or taking the action of, of inaction, right? Is in this, in this model, the, the, the action you want is the inaction of using. You may not be looking forward to that inaction of using of walking away from your quote-unquote medicine or your your old best friend. But I assure you, you know this inside yourself. You know this, that you are looking forward to the aftermath of being able to look back and saying to yourself, wow, I overcome that anxiety. I overcame that stress. I overcame that negative emotion. I did not go back to my old ways, and I am stronger for it. History can be our greatest teacher. It can also be our greatest anchor. Your history does not define who you are today and who you will become. There are lessons to be learned there, and certainly we go back and revisit those moments when necessary to take the lesson and bring it back up to now to give us the strength to move forward, knowing that we can become that wise-minded, empowered self that we know is inside of ourselves. But we don't have to anchor ourselves to the past. We use it as a teacher and allow it to be our wings. And that, my friend, is how you go from... Damn it. I was so close to getting that. I was so close. And that, my friend, is how you go from sobriety to recovery. I'll see you next week. As always, inclusivity over exclusivity, the power of positive energy, release and flow. Every day is the best day of my life because I wake up sober. Shout out to Sunshine. See you next week. Bye-bye.